0: Hello, my name is Mark. Hi, I'm Brian, and welcome to the 30% podcast.
1: to be back in yes. uh, the belly of the beast i bet it feels like a while since you've been back here too yeah. long far too long yeah. but i always say that yeah not for me i've been here most days you've been living here well we're busy as i think we said in our the christmas episode mm-hmm. of uh, the podcast we said this is kind of high season isn't it for uh, mental health and support yeah. services you know the, the winter months uh, so yeah busy busy is that how you found it yourself?
0: Yeah, as we say, I think we were talking before we started recording that a lot of people that we know we don't work in mental health or you know therapy. Um, talk about January being a quiet month for them if they're self self-employed, um, but with I think with mental health and counselling, January February is probably the busiest month I find. Yeah,
1: absolutely, and I think it's that thing as well of I suppose indifference industries and different jobs maybe the the spring and summer months are, are busier mm-hmm. or you know more expectations and so on more demand but definitely yeah i think in mental health, you know 24 hours as, as we say it's all year round but autumn okay. winter seem to be yeah for, for i suppose for more obvious and, and also less obvious reasons the more
0: i think we touched on the 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 Christmas episode of me around, you know, there's sad, there's quite a big one, uh, seasonal affective disorder. Mm-hmm. Although it wasn't until a year or so ago I realised, I lay d- in sorry, that sad can affect people all year round. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's sad in the summer, but obviously it affects people more in the winter. Um, obviously, the dark nights, the miserable weather, um, yeah. you know, as we spoke about in the Christmas episode, so the, the stresses around Christmas and stuff, uh, with summer generally the weather's a bit nicer, um, you know, people a bit more, um, you know, less pressure, so holidays, things like that. Um, so yeah, so yeah, but I've just been busy. I need to get a camp bed in think. Can I can go top and tail with you if you get a camp <laughs> <out of me>? <laughs> <laughs> Um But here we
1: are, another series yes. of the Therapy Shed podcast. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. So we've got a bit of a, a theme shall we say for for this series yes. um, series four t- no series three three series three okay, four. so you're getting excited already you're yeah, so. getting ahead of yourself <laughs> series three and um, our for want of a better word i think our theme for this series is that we are going to have guests on that either work in or run services around the uh, around the great city of liverpool and learn a bit about themselves and about their kind of personal journey and also about the service, what the service offers and also, and of course who can access the service, why would you access it. Yeah. Um, something we're quite passionate about ourselves but also something that people have gotten in touch with since we started the podcast and said that that was, you know, an awareness of what's out there is, is, is sadly sometimes lacking so Definitely. we can help in our small way.
0: Mm. Well, yeah, it was about showcasing. Services around Liverpool, Merseyside, and mm. um, because there's so many, and part of, you know, therapy, counselling. when People come is to signpost people once that therapy comes to an end. Yeah, but you know, for me, there's ones, one or two services that we're gonna have on the podcast that I'd never heard of until. Yeah, last yeah, three, yeah the me few too. Months, and, mm. um, there's a few that obviously I've, I've known about for a while. Um, so now I think it hopefully it'll be good that we can get services out there and you know, people can access them
1: yeah absolutely and um it's that sense of uh as you say a big part of being a therapist but also i think just a big part of of um the nhs i think as well you know just public support public services support services is identifying the most useful support Mm -hmm. the most suitable support we might say and um and sometimes that can be difficult you know particularly I think one of the main frustrations people can have with access and support particularly when you know you're struggling for for you know whatever reason is I don't know what's out there or the things that I am aware of are they for me or how do I access them them? so yeah that's that's kind of that's the reason really well that's one of the key reasons why we uh, we've got our theme for this this series yeah today I'm, I'm very excited I must say. Me too. Should we, shall we introduce our special guest for today? We should. So without further ado we have our very special guest for the first series. We've got um, from the Liverpool charity Love Jasmine we have Kathy Lapsley. Thank
2: Hello. you thank you for having me, nice to meet you both. Nice thank
1: you, you so much for coming in Kathy. Yeah, thank you, we really but, appreciate uh, we, it. Yeah. Very very grateful. How are you today?
2: Yeah I'm well thank you. Um, wet and windy day today, but i it's probably yes. in the therapy shed and I'm, I'm honoured
1: to be here. Thanks for asking me. Oh, a pleasure's all ours. Thank you so much for coming in. Um, so, as we have with all of our guests in the past, Cathy, yeah. before we hopefully learn a lot more about your good self and of course the service, Love Jasmine, we like to ask 10 questions, just a little bit of an icebreaker. Okay. Is that okay with yeah, yourself?
2: Yeah, that's fine. Me,
0: yeah. Just before we get into asking the same questions, yeah. the amount of people that I've spoke to, listen to the podcast, who say the answer the questions when they listen to them is just because we spoke about. Do we keep mm-hmm. doing the questions? Um, and everyone's just said that we've spoke to and we've asked them should we carry on doing them. Mm-hmm. I've said yeah because I like answering questions. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah,
1: well, it's like we've said as well, isn't it? The your answers will like very likely change. Yeah. By the day, or certainly as you know, it's different times. Sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. different times that you you listen to them. So, uh, yeah, because I think if we're honest, we thought, shall we continue doing it for the se- for you know the next the the next series or, um, but it's this seems to be very popular, <laughs> particularly the swear word question. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, shall we? Are you happy to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic. So, go. in your own time, Kathy. Question one: What is your favourite word?
2: So yeah, I think this one's easy for me. Um it'll be mummy. mummy. And that could be mummy, mama and and mum. Yeah. I think the obviously um hearing those words when you hear that word, sorry, um you know it's a privilege to hear that word mm-hmm. and it's the meaning behind it. Um yeah, that it means so much. Yeah. when you hear that, it's just so people don't get to hear that word um, and i'm lucky that i do so it, it's meaningful that word it means a lot
0: yeah. yeah it's quite it's yeah because even it's, it's not a word that would naturally come to me but when you said that word, yeah. it sort of me. a sort of smile to me face yeah. Just sort of, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah question two what is your least favorite word <clears> okay <throat> kind
2: of least favorite um i'd say unfortunately and um, unfortunately because when you hear that it's like you know unfortunately you can't do this unfortunately this has happened mm. fact it's a negative um, and it can be unfortunately and then you get bad news yeah. so it, it comes with a negative and um, yeah that that words doesn't feel feel good for me mm. um, I'd say that and also. Dead, die, dying. The, the a word in that sort of format. Mm-hmm. That's another um, quite a triggering words and uh, a word that's final. You know, like so. Those two those two words sort of came to me. Dead and unfortunately, but I, th- I think I go with unfortunately for for one word.
0: Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. if if that that it does feel like I think you said it then about that unfortunately unfortunately, is the start of a sentence that yeah. often that sentence is yeah. um, a negative or bad news or yeah. y- you know y- yeah no yeah definitely I, I think yeah that's a good that's a good, good, good word for not mm. a, a very nice word mm. yeah okay
1: question number three what turns you on
2: okay um Kindness. Um, yeah, kindness. That, that's always been, I think, um, the importance of, of kindness. It's like something that I've taught my children from, you know, as soon, soon as they were born. It's about being kind. I've received the, the impact that kindness can have on you is immense. And you know, kind words, kind, just kindness from someone Mm. is so is so important. So when someone's kind, might just might not be a big gesture, but it, the, it just means so much. Mm -hmm. Something so so simple. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it's um, I love it when I see someone being kind, or you, you know, you see these things on social media that. Some sort of like a pay it forward type thing, or just done something. Mm-hmm. Someone said something nice to someone, give them a compliment. The yeah. the impact that that has, and that person takes forward with them. So yeah, I I just love kind people and kindness. Yeah.
1: Well, um, exactly. Okay, uh, question number four: What turns you off?
2: So it would be I suppose the opposite of that. Um, so I'd describe it as. Um, arrogance or rudeness, mm. I can't bear it. Mm. I can't bear it. I can't bear arrogance of people, and I can't bear rudeness, rudeness or lack of manners. Mm. You know, like there's just no need. There's no need for it. It's just, it just doesn't cost anything to be nice, yeah. does it? But yeah, I've have, have a do have a real problem with someone that's mm. that's arrogant, and that- I think sort of. Sometimes people come across as being arrogant, but they they can be shy or they can be socially awkward, and you think oh, they're really arrogant, but they're not. Maybe it takes a little bit it's of the defense mechanisms yeah, defense in some, mechanism, some ways, isn't mechanism. it? Again? So and yeah. realise now it's not always someone might be that's their first impression of them, but it's mm-hmm. you dig a little bit deep, deeper or you spend a bit more time with them, then that's not really what, how they meant to come across. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but when someone do- is arrogant um, or rude, there's just no need for it. Mm. And, um, yeah, my, my defences go up then. I just don't, yeah, I don't, I don't like
0: it. I think it's when, it's, it, it, it sounds like it's more when people are choosing to be that way yeah, rather than they're doing it as a yeah. defence mechanism. Yes. It's that they're, they're aware of it and they're choosing to be that way yeah. f- for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's not very nice, as It doesn't yeah. make you feel very... And it's which, is, which is the opposite to kindness
2: of someone. Just be nice. He yeah. says it costs noth- nothing. Yeah. But people, some people can't. <laughs> well,
1: I think as well, it's when it's when it seems like that is deliberate, intentional. Yeah. It's optional, yeah. like with yeah. a defense mechanism. I think, and this is not to accept or encourage. Certainly not to encourage being arrogant or rude, but I think when it's a defense mechanism. Mm. Sometimes it's be it's that's that person like, exactly that trying to protect themselves, yeah. the survival instinct. But I think when arrogance and rudeness is avoidable yeah. from the from the person, when it's yeah, it's intentional what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, I re, it really resonates with me what yeah. you're saying. Then it's it's something that I find you said triggering. Yeah, I do as well. I find yeah. it really difficult to to accept. Yes, yeah. you know, and to I just.
0: I'd just be to, to them. Is that yeah. what you do,
1: Brian? Okay. Yeah. I'll believe you. Thousands <laughs> wouldn't. <That's it. laughs> okay. Question number five. What sound or noise do you love? Okay, I
2: love um, um the waves. So if you're like on the beach when the waves crashing oh, yeah. and that's that's something that ever I've used to like regulate myself mm-hmm. and calm down. That I close my eyes and I think of that, um, that's what settles me. That's mm-hmm. the sound that, that settles me. Yeah. Or if you like, you're on holiday, you buy you buy the water and you hear that that sound, and I close my eyes. That I think that's quite powerful. I love that sound. Yeah. You know, it you, you, you listen sounds. to, it, you can listen to, it, um, you can just Google that sound and listen to it. Yeah. And yeah. it calms me down. I love it. Yeah.
0: No, definitely it is. Yes. It is. It is one of those sounds that is really, um, even though sometimes with like I find with the waves, you know if it's like, if they're like crashing in and yeah. they can be sort of quite feel really powerful and mm. destructive. Yeah, but there's still a calmness to it as yeah. well, isn't it? I think of, um, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting with that question as well because I think every guest we've had on the podcast mm-hmm. and Brian and myself as well most of the answers are related to the elements yeah mm, whether yeah. it's the sound of the rain which was your answer mm-hmm. brian um or as you say the sound of uh like like um the sea like washing in and out on the beach like in a more relaxing sort of sound yeah. or as you're saying there kathy like crashing the waves crashing. yeah it's it's like that there's something really powerful isn't there about the sound of i mean we're listening to the rain now yeah, as we're sitting yeah. in the therapy shed quite
0: loudly, yeah. and
1: uh there is a thing, as long as you're not caught in the rain, there is something quite, um, oh, what's the word, almost cathartic yes, about yeah. the sound of the elements, isn't yeah. the sound of
0: the, of the well, I think we've had winds as well, from somebody said. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's come up a few times, yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: Question number six What sound or noise do you hate?
2: Um, I'd say I don't cope well with. Alarms, whether that be house alarms, someone's car, like and there's background noise, so you know I have alarms going off in the streets, mm-hmm. I can't ignore it, Um, I get really irritated by this these noise, but it comes to me as well, I wasn't sure what to say then, whether, which one to pick, but was it like an ambulance siren, right. I'm triggered by, through personal experience, an ambulance siren, so that noise. As soon as I hear it it's sort of like a bit of a, yeah. a call to action mm-hmm. that's right, right. where's that ambulance going what yeah. you know it's not ne- it's never gonna be a good a good thing but th- that's like the sort of you know, obviously that's an ambulance but then once that's gone that's gone but if it's an alarm and it's constantly going on I can't relax until that that sound is gone yeah so if you you know when, you, when you're trying to get to sleep and you've got someone's house alarm going mm-hmm. off through the night I can't, can't rest it but I'm triggered by this, these like background noises that people can sort of, sometimes I think they can ignore them after a while, but I, I can feel quite um, like hyper yeah. by by that, yeah, so yeah. really don't like that.
1: No. <laughs> okay, question number seven, what is your favourite swear word?
2: So, at, yeah, now I say I'm not a big swearer, mm. and what I found quite interesting is, growing up, I didn't really swear, it'll be say, like if a drop something or something really bad's happened mm-hmm. then there's like just be like a reaction and swear but as time's gone on i think it's i can feel i think sort of trying to understand like the you know swear words it's getting an emotion out of you isn't it like anger or you know p- pain they're really like, emotive mm-hmm. so I, I swear i swear a lot but i do swear but i'd say it'd be like i think I'll, i don't know every day several times a day it'll be for fuck's sake but well, text messages will be, you know, the ffs ffs yeah, yeah. Like, so the sign of the times of sending, like, abbreviations and yeah. stuff. But every message to, me, like, my friends might be talking about something, something's happened, something's gone wrong, F-F-S. And then it's in every conversation. But I <laughs> yeah. wasn't a, a swearer, which I find quite interesting. Yeah. You know, like, one of them, if people probably hear you swear and you're not really known as a swearer, people sort of, like, look at you, as is a bit... It's quite strange really
1: isn't it well yeah, yeah. and I think this is we, this conversation we've had previously hasn't it and it, I think it's so true it's it's an expression of emotion isn't it yeah. it's, and, if, and I think in some ways probably on a more subconscious level that's our way of communicating to someone that I'm feeling really yeah. really intense about this thing yeah. or really annoyed or angry whatever it may be it's our communicating how, how emotional we are about the situation when if we're not much of a swearer, yeah. and then something like that comes out. Oh for fuck's sake!
2: Yeah.
1: As you say, people around us are likely to go, "Oh, yeah. right, there's definitely something."
2: It's like you know, Other the words don't seem to be able to express the emotion that I've felt with things. So there's been like a shift in me, where then I swear. I think as you recognise that I didn't yeah. really just like me upbringing or whatever. Just no. didn't. Um, really do it but now I do all the time
1: yeah fantastic okay question number eight what profession other than your own would you most like to attempt
2: Um, I always wanted to be do something creative a hairdresser a fashion designer something like that Um, it's not at the moment that doesn't come into my head to do that but that's always what I wanted to do Hmm. or it was that or law quite fascinated with law nice. um, and the legal system so it's say now probably yeah to be, able to, to be able to help people so that's another side you know of, to help people you know, in the legal process that interests me Okay. Um, but I can see how people you know um, have suffered in the legal system and then um, wouldn't want to be a part of it I don't know it's but I, I was always really fascinated with law yeah. Um, so yeah, from going from something creative t- to that, I'd probably say something in law. Oh,
1: okay, mm-hmm. oh, that's interesting. That. Okay. Question number nine: What profession would you definitely not like to attend?
2: This one's easy because we only talking about this the other day. It would be a chef. Um, <laughs> I said that. <laughs> you know, you see the the programs on the the telly, like the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. Um, those things now isn't it, Gordon Ramsay and things like that. I'm not a great cook or a big cook but I can't handle pressure in the kitchen. You've got no. a couple of things on the go, that's enough. <laughs> I can't imagine um, being in a, a kitchen in like a busy restaurant.
1: Yeah. And there's meal after meal
2: coming, t- yeah, with coming through the door. People shouting, It's uh, heart and just <laughs> the stress, like I feel it now. <laughs> the anxiety I would absolutely hate.
1: Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not for us. <laughs> Okay, uh, and finally, question number ten: If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates?
2: So this is quite a difficult one for me. Um, yeah, you know everything I've been through. I, you know, is there a God? Is you know, I feel you know so angry about things at times. I've had I've had to question things that. Um, and delve into things you know that I wouldn't have done normally so it would probably be let me explain you know for, for God or whatever there to say let me explain and I apologize to I feel like it sounds quite quite dramatic but I feel like I need an explanation for, for what happened mm-hmm. um, yeah I'd be, I'd, I'd be wanting an explanation right we want mm-hmm. some answers from some answers yeah okay. Yeah. some answers and then maybe something with something it make some
1: sort of sense but mm. I'd be looking for answers yeah, yeah. no thank you again mm. for that because that again was really powerful to listen to and I think that's the first time I've ever heard anyone on this podcast or when I've heard these questions asked um because I actually stole these questions from an old TV show that yeah. uh, I used to watch, and I don't think I think that's the first I've ever heard anybody actually put the question back to God. Yeah. Like, I think the more, and certainly from when I answered, when I've ever answered that question yourself as well, it's always what I would kind of mm. like heaven to be like, or what I would, yeah. you know, yeah. what would I, something about me as the individ- as the person being asked the question, I'd i'd answer the question kind of about myself but you mm, have just actually put yeah, that back and said well i yeah. i want you yeah. i'd want to know why certain things happen and yeah which put which, god which, on the spot
0: which makes sense uh, in the sense of i think at some point in our lives mm. we would all was want to have some yeah it resonates it does yeah. definitely resonate yeah yeah i think yeah no yeah it's a really good answer well
1: yeah. thank you for answering those questions thank, presents, you. thank Cathy. You. um okay So, before we get into the, uh, the you know, learning about Love Jasmine and obviously what you, how you come to set up the charity and obviously what you, what you do and what you offer and so on, um, I just thought we could get to know yourself a little bit more, Kathy. if okay. that's all right. Yeah. Um, so, what brought you, what, what brought you into, what's your kind of backstory, if that's okay for me to ask?
2: Yeah, so, um my backstory um, is I used to um, used to work in casinos for for a good number of years, um, worked on cruise ships for nearly eight years, travelling the world, um, bought a house with with my husband, we, came, we went out there together, we both did the same job, came home and then just tried to look for work in Liverpool. Worked in the city council for about 10, 11 years. Um, doing admin, HR, receptions, um, always sort of like customer service focused from my casino work and then the, the sort of admin and reception work that it is. did. Um, yeah, I come home, bought a house um, and then had our daughter Jasmine, um, closely followed by um, our son, closely followed by uh, another son. Um, just going about our life as, as a normal family, you know, working hard. Three young kids under five at the, at the time. Um, yeah, life was busy. Um, just a normal, normal family. Um, then I um, left the position that I had in the council, got redeployed to another job. Um, my oldest child, Jasmine, was six. And we went on holiday. Um, we went to Wales in August of 2014. We'd had a stressful number of months before that, just sort of like work and family. That says trying to juggle everything, and mm-hmm. um, so we needed this break. Um, so at the time, three children, we, w- we went away. Um, a couple of days into our holiday life changed forever basically so life as I knew it then family both working three kids um 19th of August 2014 life life changed so for me it's a before and an after yeah. and well, if you talk to anyone um who's who's lost someone they'll they'll resonate with those terms it's right. life before that moment and life after mm. so yeah. that that's how I sort of you know I could talk briefly there about sort of you know um, jobs and sort of work wise but mm-hmm. that before is that it is can be difficult to to think about because life was just normal it wasn't easy but yeah. it was normal um, and my life now is completely different and on the outside looking in it might look the same you know a couple children but it's not, it's everything's changed, mm-hmm. I've changed, um, and every aspect of my l- life has changed. Mm-hmm. So uh, on this holiday, um, so we were, it was much an eases, just um, should have been a nice a nice family holiday. Um, just to have, have an, an evening together, we were staying in a, in a lodge. My daughter was um, eating a, um, a bowl of grapes, I gave her the bowl of grapes, she was a good eater, a healthy eater. And I looked around and she was choking. She was choking on one of the grapes that we gave her. We were sitting with her um, and sort of responded immediately. Um, myself and my husband were both trained in first aid, but we couldn't dislodge this grape. So, I mean, I won't go into too much details ab- about that, but what people might think um, happens in such an incident is not how, how it is either. Mm. The trauma, the the quickness that that happens in, but it's the inability to you're seeing something terrifying happen in front of you, but to you doing everything you can to try and and solve that situation, but you can't, mm-hmm. and that level of control just being taken from you. So from that moment, it was traumatized, traumatizing, um, and. Yeah, I didn't grasp the severity of the situation. My my body went into shock Mm. because it was so quick, it was so traumatic Mm. what we witnessed and trying to save your your own child's life. Um, Jasmine was taken away. We had a long wait for an ambulance. She was taken away in the end by an RAF helicopter, which just seems so surreal and it was at the time. Mm. Um, we didn't know where she. We weren't allowed in the the helicopter, and she was taken away. Um, and we we followed. Um, we didn't know who the people were at, at the time, but some locals that were from, that lived there they put us in their car and drove us. It was about a half an hour drive to the hospital. Mm. When we walked in there, um, I pictured being taken into a room and it all being this you know that she was there and she was fine and we were put into a side room and you know I just knew there was something not right you know I wanted to be with her we weren't allowed to be with her and then we were told that um she probably wasn't going to survive and then that turned into she wasn't going to survive and now this is like from that incident and then from that happening it was just like having your your life plays out in front of you, you sort of dissociated, come out of my body and was looking down at somebody else, That, that that's how sort of severe the, the, the impact, the trauma was. Um, and from that happening, that first started to happen um, to Jasmine, at half eight that night, um, we lost uh, um, her, they, they turned off the life support um, just before midnight on that same night. Um, so, so I won't go into the details of, of all that. But that we on holiday, you know, we were in Wales, but we, you know, we weren't at home, and we were left. They turned off our daughter's life support, and we were left without any support. Um, I mean, I don't, you, you don't imagine what would happen or how, how it was going to be, but that's not how mm-hmm. like it, it should be. So. We, they switched t- there was no sort of um, seeing how she she was um, or you know you hear people have on life support it could be a couple of days after three days after but they switched their life support machine off they said there was no hope and then we were left to just get on with it mm. ourselves. once we walked out of that hospital we didn't receive any any support we were driven back to the the, the lodge that we were staying in and then left to get on with it um,
1: so no one contacted you or anything? No
2: one contacted us and we were just we were just left like, sort of out of sight, out, out of mind. Um, and we could not process what had what had happened to us. Um, we were completely um, in in shock. Weren't at home I and mean, we didn't know we didn't know what to do. So we went into like a robotic state of um, making phone calls, you know, trying to phone friends and family. And say, but it was just, we were just on repeat, we were like robots. Help. Mm. No one, obviously, it comes come so suddenly and we couldn't make sense. We were just repeating um, what had happened. Um, yeah, we were left uh, my husband had to drive home with us all from Wales to Liverpool where we were staying. It was a couple of hour drive. Uh, you know, he should never been allowed to, to drive. He was in that much shock and we were just left to get on with it. Um, mm.
0: Feels really final. Just, 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 yeah. Just,
2: it was literally a, sle- a sledgehammer moment yeah. of of that happening, and then I, I still can't sort of process the the quickness that that happened mm-hmm. and the lack of support. Um, which the lack of support is Im- greatly impacted our loss and mm-hmm. our trauma. Mm-hmm. Um. Our two boys that we had at the time, they, you know, they were there, they witnessed, and then their sister got taken away, and they, they got, we had to tell them, sit them down and tell them that their sister had died mm-hmm. without any, any support. We were told that um, a police liaison would contact us and help us to, to speak to our children. We never received that, that support and we're still waiting for, right. to, to this day for that support. Um, so, wow. yeah.
1: the first thing I, for me I think I'm urged to say is just thank you for sharing that with us and of course on with, with people listening as well because that's you know, incredibly powerful but also as well and, and of course we'll come on to this in a moment but also as well for sadly I don't think that's going to be an isolated experience no. for people no. um, what you've just described uh, it sound I, I get the impression that that's something people who, who, who endure child loss you know the, yeah. the, sadly it's it's traumatic yeah. use the word traumatic yeah. you know it's of course devastating all those things that I think yeah. most people would associate with with that but there's the lack of the lack of support the lack of um of awareness, as to what you where you can access the yeah. support. You know the fact that you're phoning family members immediately afterwards, and fa- you yeah. know, family members and friends. Um, I was when you were talking as well, then, Kathy. The big thing that was coming back to me, I guess, just just thinking that that's what you that's the other thing that you had to you know that that you had to do as well in that situation was you had to tell your children.
2: Yeah
1: and the, you know you'd think that the, the support there is you know it's just immeasurable if you could have some support around not somebody to tell your children for you and yeah. I'm sure you know I, I, I know that's not what what we're saying but somebody to give you some practical support just some sort of just to help it, you through that process yeah, yeah.
2: Process it's a of language to use as yeah. well mm-hmm. for, a, for a child which we learned um, and it's so true you know the, a cha- young children will hold on, hang on every word that you're saying.
0: Yeah.
2: So yeah. for you to be able to use the correct language, you know, and, and you're, when you're traumatised and you, you're not able to, mm-hmm. you do need guidance mm-hmm. and help that. And we didn't have it. That, that's not the case for anyone. And but you know yeah. it's we should no, no family should be left to deal with that.
1: No, absolutely not. I not The other thing that say sorry, but I was going to say quickly. The other thing as well, you mentioned a few times there about. It's, you know it's a really traumatic experience of course but it's all the and I'm sure you would agree on this right it's all the kind of the key um, hallmark shall we say the key st- um, staples of of trauma yeah you know that feeling of watching yourself yeah yeah um, the kind of fancy pants term for that is peritraumatic trauma and mm. that is that is core ptsd then yeah. when when it feels like i was actually watching myself yeah i was an out-of-body experience sometimes people use that turn for phrase that's that's when it becomes ptsd yeah. more so than and of course trauma is still a, you know it's still a, um incredibly difficult when we when we experience trauma but it may not be full ptsd yeah but when we feel like we're watching ourselves in that situation that out-of-body experience, it's it's ptsd you know and, and the other thing you were mentioning as well is that sense of that your language just shuts down you know yeah. and it's that area of the brain that, that i think we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast previously haven't we by that sense of uh, excuse me the area of the brain like the thinking intelligent brain we call it, and that's where your language your ability to narrativise something yeah. you know to be your creativity your decision making that area of the brain often shuts down when we experience trauma. Yeah. So for you to then have to speak, you know, and I use the word "have to" as well because you obviously have to yeah. tell your children what's happened when you're going through that yourself.
2: Yeah.
1: Wow.
0: Just. Yeah. No, hundred percent. And I think, you know, I think, you know, the loss of of somebody, and you know, obviously in this instance, a, a child, it, it, you know, often it's. Um, to where they're not before. The, 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 at times there's nothing we can do about that. We yeah. can't we can't change that when something happens. Yeah. Um, but the big thing that I'm taking from what what you're saying, Cathy is the support is something that can be there. Exactly. You know, and yeah. as difficult as it may be, but it could make a massive difference.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, it's obviously it's it's, it's absolutely. Devastating and, and traumatic, and you know all of that. There's nothing no getting away from yeah. the effects it has. But having the support could make a huge
2: yeah having difference. Good support from from that moment, you know, is is crucial. Mm-hmm. It's crucial to how you cope going forward, yeah. and how your grief is going to impact you, um, and how it's going to impact then your family, and, and the ripple effect goes up goes out then. But if you don't receive that that support, then yeah, you know, I can't say how how much more that impacted us mm-hmm. negatively. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that they know that we experienced because that's not the case for everyone. The, the traumatic incidents. If they've got good support there, mm-hmm. that will will help. Yeah. Will help. But we didn't. So we see seen the you know the, the worst scenario mm-hmm. of that and we're
1: left to deal with it alone basically. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And you you mentioned to me um, earlier on, Kathy, as well, about how if we don't feel that support you know, we were talking about how in our emotional self and the, the that area of the brain, shall we say, we we feel disconnected. Yeah and then those unhealthy coping strategies. Exactly. We mentioned defence mechanisms earlier on in the episode. Yeah those unhealthy defense mechanisms, excuse me, unhealthy coping strategies, Mm -hmm. and they very, very quickly start developing as because of defense mechanisms, the mind is looking for a way to feel safe, you know. Often on a a subconscious level, you know, we don't think out, okay, I need a coping strategy today, I'm gonna do this, that's not how we, we, you know, that's not how we work or the the mind works. Those coping strategies will inevitably develop. So if we don't have any support, that feeling that feeling of being disconnected and feeling that no one either wants to help or no one can help yeah. or I'm um, this isn't a word but unhelpable do yeah. you know what I mean I'm. Uh, we sometimes have that in, uh, with clients don't we buy that sense of you know I'm unfixable
2: Yeah.
1: and therapy is by no means about fixing your clients every therapist worth the salt will knows yeah. that. but if someone comes into therapy and they have that as a belief that nothing works for me yeah. that's the first thing that's one of the first things you start working with is okay well where's that come from uh, but that can in, in, in many th- uh, you know like right, some of your thoughts on this Brian but I think in many ways that becomes an unhealthy coping strategy mm-hmm. that um, this is me now for life mm-hmm. I'm, and it's that, and it is a classic defense mechanism it's the mind's way of trying to keep itself safe by saying right well nothing works for me so i'm just
0: gonna stay on my own or you know well sometimes i think it's shut it's, down people just then think oh well this this is how it is now then this is my life this is how yeah. you know everybody's sort of has to yeah. deal with whatever it is you know obviously in, in this case what we're talking about and i'd imagine there must have been a little bit of sense of that at that time of like oh okay now now what yeah it was just that nobody seemed to want to help or
2: there was nobody there to help so you're thinking you know, does no one understand? So it? it made it even more severe. Like, Is this actually happening? Because there's mm-hmm. no one here helping. Yeah. So then that comes down to you look for support from your closest friends and family. But with, with something like this, because it's such a sudden traumatic loss, they've just been hit by this sledgehammer as well. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the ripple effect that, that's gone out to them. So they're not fully able to support you. Then they don't know how to support you. Mm-hmm. You've got people that back off from you then, yeah. because it's this is too big. This is too sho- too shocking. Mm-hmm. So you've got the um, that that this happens to to pretty families all the time. The the friends and the family and um, the closest people to them will back off because mm-hmm. they can't handle it. People cross the street from you because they can't bear. They don't know what to say to you. They don't know what you know. Ha- what could they possibly say? Yeah to you you know so you, you
1: did you did you have that experience do you yeah. feel yeah that people yeah, intentionally avoid seeing they
2: people um, cross the streets you, you know although you're in a daze you you're, you sort of you know you become hyper vigilant to, to everything around me so I was watching everything yeah and people would cross the street or they would get the phone out of the pocket and you know, they were mm-hmm. on the phone but you might just be one person to them, or there she is, but you're seeing that from maybe, yeah. say, doing the school run, three or four people yeah. crossing the road from you, yeah. and, it, and it hurts, it really hurts, mm. because, like you said, it makes you think, like, you know, am, am I unhelpable? Is this so... Well, yeah, it, it is so bad, yeah. but that no-one wants to help me.
0: Mm. I'd imagine it would have, on, on top of feeling all that, then made you feel isolated as yeah. well, um, and I think, which, again, is probably... A complete other episode that we could do around mm. sort of loss and ends and things like that because yeah. I think my my view on it is that I think culturally uh, the way we um, the way we view sort of loss yeah. and bereavements and things like that is sort of I always question it is it the best sort of cultural view that, that we have in the way we deal with it um, I don't know. But I no, think no, I
1: don't think it is. Yeah, and sorry to, but yeah, just to pick up on that, I think it is, You mentioned the word cultural there as well. I think it is a cultural issue. I think we are as a as a society, and, and certainly a, the, when we say culture, we're talking about kind of maybe Western culture, yeah. but certainly, you know. And this is not so much a criticism. I think it's just a, an honest reflection. It's you know the country that we live in. It's we our, our type of culture you know to use that broad term we don't deal with endings well that's all no. I don't think and also you mentioned about people if someone has an ending or a, a loss
0: mm-hmm.
1: people avoiding it's like people around us mm-hmm. struggle to you know yeah. s- I think we don't, don't know it's quite it's that, that relationship sponsor.
0: that we have with it isn't it? It's, it's it's for me anyway it's that relationship that we have with again endings and loss and bereavement I think um yeah I think it's yeah, I think mean yeah, I, I come across that quite a lot. A
2: cultural thing, um, but here yeah, in other cultures, you know, people will they'll they'll wear black. There are periods of when black they're, they're mourning. They mm-hmm. you know, they'll come out in the community and they're literally wailing. You know, and the community come round them yeah. and yeah. feed them mm-hmm. and protect them. And you know they'll sort of like step away from from they'll they'll put their arms around them, and th- that's what's needed. Yeah. But here, people. Um, you have that sort of people reach out to you when it comes to the funeral and then once the funeral's happens, then they start moving on so they think you have and then people back off from you but that, that's when you need the help then mm-hmm. because that's I when the work starts
1: it, absolutely yeah that's that's when the real not the real challenges that's the wrong way to articulate that but that's I would guess it's after the funeral yeah. that, and after kind of everybody it seems at least has gone back to their own lives and yeah. gone back to normal in inverted commas. That's I where I'm emotion. oh, right, so is the world just carrying on now? Because yeah. I don't feel like I'm, I'm in a place that can carry that's on. at all. It. I
2: mean, said it could be, you know, it could be an anticipated loss where it's been coming for a while, or like for myself, a really sudden loss, and they're both very different. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, then, you know, when that happens, you're, you're, you're having to plan a funeral. to plan a funeral for your child is horrendous you know absolutely to plan a funeral for anyone but you can't prepare for that you know there's no um people put like funeral plans in place for you know when when you're getting older or for grandparents or whatever but a child you just can't so you're in such shock um, then you can be busy sort of you know doing or it can be a blur to doing the the funeral um arrangements Mm So you're sort of getting pushed along in this process. You're there, but you're not there. Yeah. Um, and then people sort of could be around you and depending on sort of your, your family set and your social your support mm-hmm. network, but then people back off, mm-hmm. people back off, and then, then you're left. Yeah. And that that's when people, you know, people might think, oh, she looks like she's coping okay. Because you're busy organising a funeral, you're, you're in shock, you're just getting carried along. Mm-hmm. But then you notice know, your friends and family obviously they have to return to work then you're just left yeah. sort of so in this hole that's sh- mm. your life looking mm. like you know what the hell has happened yeah. Yeah. and that's that's when the helpers need us yeah because I
0: think I've, I've worked with people in the past who you know around sort of lost grievance and they've said you know a few things that have sort of in common that they've said is they felt the most lonely or they yeah. felt lonely sort of weeks and weeks after yeah. the funeral had Taking place, and they'd find themselves sort of sitting there in the living room or whatever, and then all of a sudden you just get this sort of o- almost overwhelming feeling of just being on their own. Yeah. Um, and I think it's probably be, total sort of isolation. Um, it really, it
2: really is, and you just can't. You can't see. You are taking it moment by moment. You can't see ahead. Yeah. You know, you you you're just totally lost. Mm. You literally do need your hand held. And you need to be, become very childlike. Yeah. You know, you you the emotions that you, you're feeling. And you, you need... I probably never had as many people around me then as I've ever had in my life, but I, that was the loneliest I'd ever felt. Felt, felt. And it was lonely.
1: I think so often as well... No, thank you again so much for sharing that, Cathy, because I think so often we... It, that amplifies the the intensity of feeling loneliness, feeling lonely when we have people around us because it comes back to those two areas of the mind doesn't it your thinking brain your conscious mind is going I feel so deserted I feel so lonely and yet why because I see people quite often I'm doing the school run or I'm seeing my partner or still you know still got family around me and in some ways it's like the more we struggle, the more we're struggling to make sense, if you like, of our loneliness, of our feelings, and feeling lonely. The more powerful the feeling yeah. of loneliness becomes. You know what I mean? And
0: do you think? Do you think some of it's about, even though you know you might have loads of people around you, but does that is that feeling of nobody understands how you're actually feeling? Yeah. Do you, do you think? They it?
2: don't understand. People try to relate to it. I think, you know, people try compare it to i've lost my granddad. i've lost my dad, mm-hmm. i've lost I've even as I've lost my dog. Yeah. And you're not taken now I'm able to realize that's just they're coming from it from their own loss mm-hmm. and if that's the, their only loss that's mm-hmm. all they can relate it to yeah. but it's not helpful when someone's comp- you know trying to are they're, they're trying to relate to you on some level mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you feel more disconnected from them because you think they can't relate to me yeah. and and you need to feel understood. Mm-hmm because the the world suddenly is just spinning and you don't feel part of of that world. And then like you said, then then sort of coping mechanisms can come in. You you can try and numb the pain, Mm -hmm. turn to alcohol, um, withdraw yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got, you know, you might have other children, you you might not. um, But, you know, trying to parent your other children while you're in the depths of despair. That, I'd probably say that was my biggest, Struggle mm-hmm. apart from dealing with the the pain and the trauma was trying to parent my other children. Mm, yeah. at the time I had, I've got three boys now, but I had two two boys at the time, and I was barely existing. Yeah. I might look like I was doing okay, but I was I, the worry of trying to get it right for them to not damage mm-hmm. them further is huge. But everyone sees people just don't wanna don't wanna sort of interfere. Some people are, or people assume that you're getting support. That, that's people don't might like people just assume of oh, the friends and family are helping mm. out and thank God there was one or two family members and uh, one or two friends but otherwise you've gotta sit find out people support you know support networks because not everyone's got you know family coming in and out and cooking for them and mm-hmm. taking the ch- their children to school yeah you are literally just left yeah. and yeah. you can't. Co- the big big one of the biggest ones for me is um when someone says um let me know if you need anything. Um, just give us a call. But when you're that when that has happened to you, you don't know what you need. Yeah. You're not gonna call anyone. Mm-hmm. And that's a bit when you speak to other brave parents, that's the the main thing I think people will say, you need someone to offer you know, maybe to say like you know can i help you with the children can i have to ch- you know mm-hmm. give you a um not not take over but try and offer you a, a, and give you an example of what they want to do not let me know if you need anything you're never going to hear from right. them again yeah,
1: yeah. that you, makes so much you sense you can't
2: sense even yet. think cognitively you can't think i wouldn't know what to I so make help. it make it
1: tangible make, yeah. make it actually yeah. like can i do yeah this particular thing for you yeah. rather than you know where I am if you need anything. Yeah, that's, you're never gonna call that
2: person. Yeah. You can't yeah. think straight. You're cognitive, you're not able to, to function. You can't think the you know, basic tasks, you can't and you then you do you think you go, feel like you're going crazy. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. much, you right? need people to step step forwards and you know, sort of despite their own discomfort. Yeah. And don't know what to say. But if that's all you need to hear, from people, I don't know what to say. Yeah. But I'm here for you. And that is So did you find that
1: really Helpful and powerful you when people would say, yeah, well, I don't know what to say, yeah, but I'd like to help. And well, I'd like
2: to help. Um, we have friends, my best friend at the time lived opposite of me. She'd help out as best as she could with um, my children, with the boys. Um, another f- friend would t- pick me up and take me for coffee and breakfast once a week to come and get me and, and, and take me yeah. and she'd bring me back other friends sent pizzas to us to make sure we had our tea checked that we've not eaten nothing and then sent them to people just doing things you know without asking yeah but not intruding but there's i'll never forget yeah. forget those things but that's what's needed yeah. you know you need people to step up and just forget their own discomfort and mm-hmm. just be with you
0: and the thing like you said at the at, you know the beginning of telling us about what had happened that you know what you were getting from your friends you, you know your best friends people sending you pizzas that support if that maybe would have been there from right at the very beginning yeah. then obviously it, it may not have helped with the grief and the loss but maybe with the trauma yeah. and the PTSD and, and all of that side of it it might have just helped
2: exactly yeah and that, that support then in our situation would have come from professionals um, we weren't given the opportunity to have friends and family there that was taken away from from us by by how it happened mm-hmm. or if the professionals would have done behaves in a way that you know that that we expected mm-hmm. you know that that a family deserves mm-hmm. who's going through that that would have that would have um changed that you know that process from they, from it happening mm-hmm. but that period of just being left to yeah. fend for yourself i mean yeah as I said
0: that's not the case for, for a lot of families what what then led to sort of because again I think it, it, it's one of them and it, we, never, we never said at the beginning of this episode but we said at the beginning of every episode yeah. that we could probably spend you know four or five hours sort yeah. of mm. looking at it and, and talking about it all but
1: well you said you were getting the camp edit so <laughs> yeah I did that.
0: Um, what, what then led to sort of setting up the charity and Love Jasmine sort of what how did that sort of come out of
2: i think well it's because of the lack of support that we had because of the circumstances that that it happened mm. in and the lack of support that we thought it was just something within us instinctively that mm. this cannot happen to other other families so okay yeah that wouldn't said our circumstances were different from from, from other families and, and they a lot of families would have the immediate support there but it was um you know, there was things that I mean I needed to connect with other bereaved parents. I needed someone that understood. So we we looked for. We had to search ourselves for what for what was available, and mm. um, and then we. It wasn't a case of. Uh, obviously, we've we've done something on, on our daughter's name. It's sort a of carrying on a legacy and her name. The charities love Jasmine. It's like as if love from Jasmine. And mm.
0: right. um,
2: she was just a, a child that likes to help help others. So it, it, the help is coming from her. Through us, that that's the idea. But we look for what was missing, um, and a lot of that was the peer support. Um, there's other services there, like I said, but a lot for like for us, people don't always want to return back to a hospital where they lost their child. That's too yeah, triggering. Yeah. So our our services are away from them. Not we're not at a hospital. So we've set up something that 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 we felt was needed, mm-hmm. and so the peer support is a big thing. The counselling, um, we offer counselling. Um, support group so people families can connect with others and to feel understood
0: yeah
2: so i think we were we were compelled to 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 do something um because it was so horrendous Mm. um but yeah it was that lack of support that that took us in that direction that when the time was right it was two years after that we started the charity because we were dealing with an inquest quite a lengthy inquest process which was horrendous but we we knew we were going to do something, but we didn't want to duplicate any services. So, we, we sort of what gaps were there, and then we filled that and it's expanded from there, really. Yeah.
0: So, specifically, what, what you, you mentioned about counselling and support groups, and yeah. Um, so, I suppose when I say specifically, when you say fill the gaps, what is it about that? immediate mean, yeah. support or long term support is it what what were what the so, gaps that you should yeah have felt like i said there's, like... there's
2: a, there is immediate support there if you've lost a, a, a younger child i mean it we support families that have lost a child from 20 weeks pregnancy from gestation mm-hmm. right through to a, an adult child of any age and people don't think of that they think of the yeah. child as just a young child now this is your child's your child no mm-hmm. matter how old they are yeah. So if it, someone was to come to us it, before 20 weeks, we direct them to other charities and organisations and work, work with them there, otherwise we, we support from 20 weeks onwards from, for an adult child and, and people forget forget that. Yeah. Um, so you know, we find that a lot of families who've lost an older child, they're not given any support. If you've lost a child, a um, younger child, then the older centre right. are great and older, hey. But if your child is older than that, you sort of slip
1: outside that, and you're not you're not giving the support support. And it yeah, as you say as well with with obviously we are very lucky uh, to have older hay and all of the things older hay can can offer in the city as well as other services which I'm sure we'll we'll come on to. I'm just thinking with with adult child um, child loss. Do you ever come across? Is there something in maybe parents feeling like support isn't for me? It's for you know almost a little bit of I'm not so much undeserving, but it's it's not a child loss though because my child was an adult. Yeah. But as you said, but it's it's still your child. Yeah. Doesn't matter how old they are. If if they're 5 or 50 they're still your child yeah
2: you, know? you, it's, it's, it, you shouldn't lose your child it doesn't matter how old your child is it's not the, the natural order mm-hmm. and that's what people don't seem to grasp someone might be 80 that loses the 60 year old child but that shouldn't that's not the order yeah and mm-hmm. that's what causes the trauma and that's what makes it different Such from other losses mm-hmm, yeah. Um. so it's trying to get, get over to people that you know to, uh, it's someone's child and everyone needs support mm-hmm. for for us, you know, for us when they need the support for as often or as long as they need it. It's not a support just immediately and then okay, you're okay now because that's not the case. It continues on. So someone can might have lost a child many years ago, yeah. and it's encouraging them to to sort of um you know to 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 come to to come to us or to sort of access support because it's not a process that there's no end to it, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. there's just just, just not so people think after certain periods of time, oh I lost my child 10 years ago, 20 years, 30 years ago, I can't access support now but you can, you know, you've you've been left to deal with all those emotions and that pain all this time, always Mm -hmm. encourage people to to sort of come forward and contact the charity.
1: And I think it's I think a few things there actually I would say it's about in terms of emotional support so you mentioned you offer therapy and counseling um, it's that when it when when you feel like you're ready yeah. for therapy or you might be ready for therapy when that feeling comes along because it's important to access emotional support at the right time practical support is pretty much from you know from the word go really isn't it that's when that's like everything you've shared about yeah. your personal story Kathy I think it really reflects, doesn't it, Brian? Yes. That sense of practical support, particularly when it's trauma, and we need that sense of because we might, especially with trauma, actually, it's 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 not often ethical to go straight in with a therapeutic yeah. support. you yeah. know, go, like oh, come into therapy and work through your trauma. Yeah. If it's just happened, like within you know the days, weeks, even even the, the you know few months after the event. And emotional intervention, as we would say in therapy, isn't always the most yeah. ethical approach. But practical support is absolutely. And it yeah. sounds like that's that was a big motivation for you yeah, for starting the charity.
2: We are at, we we were told ourselves, you know, you know, you need to wait six months for counselling You need to to wait six months for ther- therapy. We was like, you, you might not be here. Yeah, exactly. Those six months of that. that's You might not be here. You can't leave someone who's traumatized to to fend for themselves to six months. Yeah. Because that it should never be like that, and that's what we felt strongly about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people don't want counselling they don't they don't want that, and they, that might come further down mm-hmm. the line. But they do; they want the hand held. Yeah, literally, they want support. They want guided through this. Mm-hmm. It could be an inquest process, could be a criminal proceedings. Mm-hmm. They want help with that. Someone who's been through that before. They want to know what what comes next.
1: Yeah. And the the feeling of understanding as well, isn't yeah. it? Which you know, it's it's such a i would say and you know you know please tell me what you think about this i would say it's still a relative on a on a societal level like you mentioned before brian about it being a cultural issue with loss i'd say on a societal level there's still a huge taboo yeah around would you agree with that
2: Definitely.
1: You know? I, and i just think that like most taboos it's really unhelpful but also the the it, it, it that contributes to a complete lack of understanding for the person who's experienced who's going through yeah. this um, st- you know, so so you you, I noticed use the word a few times before. Horrendous, you know, it's such horrendous experience and pain, but also trying to make sense of actually. Okay, so what do I do with this? Or yeah. does a letter just come through about this? What do I do with that? And if when you're saying about people wanting the hand held, I, I guess on a personal level, it's you know on a personable level, it's wanting to feel like i can make some sense of the pro of a particular process you know i can you know i can hopefully understand it a bit more with with the help of a service such as yourselves you know i love jasmine yeah it's just making sense of it a a little bit more than i did at the beginning of the
0: day exactly that's it because i think it's about that you you, you used the the terms of the holding hand and stuff but it's for me it's and i think listening to what you're saying kathy about with love jasmine it's about a bit more than just holding hands; it's being held. And yeah, I think yeah, yeah, held. absolutely. Fantastic. And that comes back to that like we said about, it? like we said about, you know, it might going to see, you know, a GP or whoever, and they say, oh six six months for counselling, six months for therapy." You know, the, the that's fine in the sense of okay, people might need to naturally process what's yeah. happened, but that doesn't mean that there shouldn't be support there and they shouldn't be held while they're waiting I for those six months. It. And I think listening to what you're saying, that's where almost you felt maybe let down or what was missing and yeah. it sounds like with love Jasmine as though you're you not know, for the counselling which is really good but being able to hold and just...
2: that That's exactly it. Um, you, you can't be left for that period of time mm-hmm. and that's something that needed to be in place. Yeah. As I said, there are, there are other organisations there, we try to work with, with them and we try not to duplicate any, any mm-hmm. services but it's like I said we, we didn't want to return to the hospital environment to you know it was very traumatic yeah, for us knew, yeah. to, to to do that mm-hmm. so you know ours is away from the, ho- the hospital mm-hmm. um, and you know we believe in self-care as well like complementary therapies we mm-hmm. offer free complementary therapies yeah. mm-hmm. um, yoga meditation mm-hmm. wow. it's finding other um, ways to cope yeah you know for my own experience it was going to a GP and before I even started speaking, I was getting a, a prescription written out for me for antidepressants. Mm-hmm. That wasn't mm-hmm. going to help help me. Yeah. Um, but I needed to know, you know, what help was was there. But it was just sort of, you know, people don't seem to know how to to, to deal with it. And mm-hmm. I found that really shocking. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're just tr- trying to make changes so the better support um is needed because mm-hmm. people are looking for different types of support. Not everyone wants to come to a support group, but they might want to come to a coffee morning. They might well, not someone might want one to one counselling. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some might one might just want to speak to another brief parent, mm-hmm. parent, parent peer to peer. So it's um it's not a one size. we say this about
0: uh, sorry, I was just, I was just gonna, gonna say sh- sometimes it's just about knowing that there's that service there. Yeah. For people sometimes just knowing that it's there yeah. um, can be um a help in itself yeah and it's yeah absolutely and
1: it's something we've touched on in in previous episodes as well Brian. isn't it with regards to therapy but it absolutely applies to you know to all all forms of support shall we say it's finding what works for you yeah that's what you're you know for me that's what i was hearing there kathy when you saying about all the different things that you offer for some people it's i want to sit down in a confidential safe space and talk with somebody who is going to listen to me and you know and then hopefully i'll feel listened to and i'll feel great and if therapy, so you know that's kind of hopefully what'll happen in a therapy session but for some people it's I just want to be in a room with other people and yeah. not feel like they're just going to say oh isn't, aren't things terrible and is yeah. there anything I can do I want some a connection with another person just on a on a real everyday sort yeah. of level you know having a cup of coffee or doing something like yoga or just chatting about the weather or whatever it yeah. may be you know those everyday conversations that you know please tell me if I'm wrong if I'm misunderstanding this but I would guess feel like they've been lost in your life as well yeah. after something like that
2: you can't have them every day sort of trivial conversations because mm. your mind is completely elsewhere mm. you, your brain is just not able to have those those conversations and then you've got you know it's people don't talk about the anxiety that comes with grief and mm. um, anxiety is a massive thing and it's trying to cope with that an- anxiety or you know, the worst thing has happened and mm. um, so trying to you know people trying to talk it out of of it the worst has happened and you're you you can not get out of that. Mm-hmm. So it's trying to find a way find ways to cope. Trying to like regulate yourself, you know, whether some people might might run, walk, paint, catch up with a friend, you know, we're all we're all different, but it's trying to find ways and as a charity we, we want to do more with self care. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to so people can access these different um, ways of coping. Um for me personally, meditation and yoga what I was um, directed to to that, that by a friend, and I thought, well, how is this going to help? Mm-hmm. But through a, a wonderful yoga teacher, meditation teacher, that that's helped me, and it's helped me calm the anxiety mm-hmm. and sort yeah. of the the pain and the said the, the hypervigilance that's constantly in me, the churning mm-hmm. in me. But you, you can't be left to cope with this alone. it, yeah. it, it is that bad. Um,
0: I w- I wondered as well if there's a, a certainly you know at, at the early stages of. Of something like this, that maybe a bit of acknowledgement that it's okay not to cope. Yeah. And you know it's okay to be, however that however you feel at that moment. Yeah. Is normal to feel that way. It's it's okay to feel that way, and if you're not coping, that's okay. Yeah. If if you you know if. But even if you feel like you are coping, that's also okay, because... Exactly. Well, I would guess that... Sorry, Brian. so okay. <laughs> Sorry,
1: I was just... just, just it up, up mm. <laughs> Sorry, I get excited when you talk so much sense. <laughs> um, no, all I was going to say was, I, th- I guess that sort of... Those thinking patterns and maybe even beliefs that can set in, I'm just picking up on on what, you know, Cathy sharing her story. I guess... So often, and, and again, Kathy, please tell me if you feel think I'm misunderstanding this. But I would guess so often there's that sense of a lot of guilt, a lot of yep. you know, maybe shame as yep. well, anger, and of course, yeah. Ang- yeah, exactly, anger and sadness. But particularly with like, the, you know, those beliefs and emotions around guilt and shame, that's where those, that's where that what you're describing there, Brian, about those thinking patterns of, I'm not coping with this. It's a self-criticism you're saying that you're not coping with it. Yeah. You mightn't be coping with it as well as you may like to, and I've done that many times with things in my life, I'm sure we all have, but you are coping with it, but because maybe you've got a lot of guilt and a lot of shame, you're telling yourself you're not coping with it, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's you it's the
0: opposite, because even if you felt like you are coping, then you feel guilty of the fact, well, I yeah. shouldn't be feeling exactly. Like this. Exactly, so, exactly. And that's yeah. where all that conflict comes in, where I think a person knowing that it, however you're feeling is okay, Yeah. is... It, sometimes that in itself can be a massive help to be like definitely okay so this is and, and when this, i was going to say so this is normal but mm. it's a and i think paul mentioned this um paul Neon, when we've done the, the trauma episode yeah. about it's um a, you know trauma and, and the way we respond to it is it's a normal response to yeah. an abnormal situation mm. That's it. Um, and i think you know it, sometimes people just need to know that it's okay, yeah. and it's normal to feel however you're feeling,
1: yeah. and it's not wrong to feel and how you're feeling,
0: fine. you know, because yeah. that comes back against that self-blame,
1: doesn't it? It's, yeah. I'm respond, you know, this is maybe maybe you're feeling guilt from the event, mm-hmm. you know, this this what happened was my fault, but certainly the way I'm react, the way I'm responding to it, mm-hmm. is is wrong you know is is my doing as well and it's, it's you know what you're saying there and everything you say Kathy as well I think yeah. really resonates with, with with my understanding there of this is this is my fault in some way yeah. Do you know what I mean the way I'm responding to it or no one will be able to connect with me and in some way there's a, self, there's a huge kind of self criticism there yeah
2: you want acknowledgement from people that you know that this is awful, this is what's happened to you, this is awful and you you don't want expectations from people. But there is that sort of a, but society puts those expectations mm-hmm. on you to to return to who you were before, to to be that person again, but that mm-hmm. person's gone. Yeah. And you hear brave parents talk, that's how pe- that they talk because you're not that person anymore. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of pressure on you to sort of be that, you know, return to work, be that fun friend mm-hmm go out but everything's changed you know you you need the build them back up yeah. and yeah it's acknowledging that that you know however you're feeling is okay yeah. but you know you yeah, had the emotions of like shame guilt anger people don't like to talk about those emotions but they're, they're mm. what you feel. feeling it's not yeah. just sadness if it was just sadness i mean that's bad enough you could cope with that but it's, it's everything else mm. you know you, you're, tra- you're traumatized yeah. you, you are traumatized and i feel like that's not acknowledged yeah you know, so um, the way society thinks about, you know, grief and death and trauma needs to change. I, I couldn't
0: agree more, no, yeah, definitely. yeah, 100%. So, love admit, so is, it, is it seven years then it's been going for? We
2: started in um, September 2016. and oh, sixteen. Sixteen. Um, two years after, and it's quickly sort of picked up pace, yeah, and sort of grown quite organically. Yeah. really, we we've just done things as and when we need it. We didn't want to go too big too too soon, and as I said, we've just tried to do services. It's not just but what we've obviously put our inputs as bereaved parents, but it's what people need. We we always look for for the bereaved parents and families. You know, what are you looking for? What mm-hmm. what would you like? And what services aren't there and we've tried things and if they've not worked we've you know, we've stopped them and we've, we've tried something right. something else so it's listening to to people that are going through this yeah. Yeah. Um, and finding what's, what what's what's needed yeah. and building on that really and trying to work with other organizations and people that need to to work together yeah. you know to fill the gaps that are there but it's not when you've lost your child or when you're grieving, you can't be looking for what's out there you sort of need that to come to you yeah mm. so you need the GPs you need the organizations you need the schools
0: I was just about to say it's like that wraparound service yeah, isn't yeah. it it's about being able to have you know the picture having me head of you know a family there and then they've got all these things yes, around them definitely. to wrap around them to go back to what we were saying before to ho- hold them yeah. to support them to help them find what they need and to understand, you know exactly what, what, what they may may need to to sort of help them. Um yeah. Something i, I, I that's really kind of come
1: across to, to me, Kathy, just listening to yourself today is is that you've mentioned a few times about peer to peer support, but I would guess it's so powerful, so inspirational for um, you know, anybody who you know is in, is as experienced child loss is that speaking with with yourself
2: yeah
1: it's that ex you know that kind of shared experience
2: yeah
1: that must be so that must really be such an invaluable kind of support and resource for people who come to your service
2: definitely you you feel like you're living on a different planet. Right. Where the people that you've always known all your life, you, you you don't relate to them. They don't relate to you. You're a different person. Mm-hmm. So you need to 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 normalise what isn't a normal situation. You know this. It should never be considered normal, but it's it's happened and it's mm-hmm. you know it's happening all the time to to families. But it's normalising. You know what you're going through and how you're feeling. And with this, you know you need if someone's gone through it. They get it. Yeah. They, they get it and then that that's that's invaluable um and that that's been a massive help for me personally i get a lot of comfort from the groups that i, that I do yeah. and meeting other people because they they get it
0: so how how often do the the groups run currently
2: do a, a monthly bereaved parents um evening group mm-hmm. and we do a monthly coffee morning so we've got to, we did have a before COVID a, a lot of other groups, but we've had to cut back right. on the groups, mm-hmm. um, but uh, we continued right through, we were running online groups, online coffee mornings mm-hmm. and support groups. And as soon as we were able to return face to face, that connections needed. Yeah, us, you know, sp- people, people, you know, the online can, can be good, but they need that connection, mm. they need yeah. it. So as soon as we, we've, we've returned straight away, as mm-hmm. soon as we were able to, yeah, um, and we're always trying to reach out mm-hmm. to, to people, and it's just getting the charity's name out there and letting yeah. people know. Hundred um, percent. And how does the
0: counselling service side of it work then? What What's the process for that? So,
2: um, currently, people will we have um, sometimes people will like uh, will refer someone when they'll they'll know a family, mm-hmm. and they just they find out our charity, and they'll contact and get some information. Uh, otherwise, a, a bereaved family member can contact themselves, a bereaved parent, grandparents. Um, They they can. We we can either contact us on social media. So a big problem that people don't think about is you can't pick up the phone. A lot of people can't pick up the phone. They can't get the words out. Mm. They just can't. They can't say that. They can't say the story. They can't say my child has died. Mm -hmm. That that's just gonna. They can't do it. So they don't. So, you know, people will send us messages on Facebook, Instagram, um, email us. But I think at the moment we've been developing our website for for a while now, and we're just gonna we're waiting for it to go live but it'll be a self-referral process mm-hmm. ah, right. so okay. someone g- can, can complete the details they can access log on fill in the, all their inf- information and they can sort of you know stop start with that they can log back out log back in later that evening in their own time and self-refer they don't have to speak oh, um, and that they can that that is is so needed because yeah. people say just pick up the phone that they can't people can't do yeah. that a lot of people can't do that So this will be an online form. It's not just an online form, people contact and then we have to call them. This is them completely doing the referral process. Mm. Um,
1: And I guess you can, that sounds amazing, yeah. And I guess you mentioned about that, you know, the feeling of uh, control being completely taken away from you if you go through, you know, such a painful experience but i guess there you've got enough feeling as the person as you know self-referral for example you are actually starting to get some control back because you can manage what you're exactly. what you're willing to share or what you're feeling able to share yeah and you can do you can control that to a large degree in the self-referral yeah. process it's
2: removing the barriers isn't it that yeah. you know picking up the phone yeah um it's 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 removing those barriers if someone can do that obviously someone can sit with them and do that online form yeah. for them and they it's needed and we hope that that will make things easier and mm-hmm. um, we'll have all the information then so that they can be, be, be contacted almost straight away then yeah.
0: I suppose like you were saying before as well it's about finding what works best for that person so yeah. for some people they might be okay ringing yes. for other people they might be okay messaging through social media Yeah. for other people they might be okay going online and doing a, a, a yeah. online a, a form it's about I think the good thing about that is it's having the different options as well. Yeah, there's, that, di- there's different options
2: and that that's, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's not just picking up, they have to pick up the phone 9 between office hours 9 to 5. Yeah. They can sit there at night, mm-hmm. you know, when it's quiet, and they're, they're sitting sitting there, and then they can contact us on social media or do the, the self referral form, and that goes live. Yeah, yeah.
0: Where are you based? Where, so where is the?
2: So we're based in we were in Anfield, but we've um, during COVID we moved to um, Wavertree. Mm-hmm. We're just across from Waverley um, Technology Train Station. Okay, uh, right, Wavertree okay. Business Village. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're just there. We've got our own offices there. Um. Yeah, we do our um support group there. The is all from there. Mm-hmm. C- Coffee mornings is in the cafe in the park in Stanley Park. Okay. We do that, but everything else is, is within our um offices. The complementary therapies, we we use therapists for that, but people will c- contact us and then they'll they'll attend somewhere else. But everything else is in is in our office.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and you said about um social media how would people find you on social media so on
2: social media we're on um, facebook Mm -hmm. instagram and twitter so people can just search love jasmine Um, our website is www.lovejasmine.org.uk our website is getting updated but we've got our old website there and I encourage people to take a look at that and look what services we offer
1: yeah, I actually had a look at your website. Um, so thanks for mentioning that. I did have a look at your website preparing for today's uh, podcast, and I found it fantastic. You know, really easy to navigate. Uh, yeah. Lots of useful information on. I noticed you do a lot as well with, as you mentioned, you've mentioned today, or partner services. There's like fundraising events that you've done as yes. well. So some brilliant pictures on there. A few. Uh, it was like a running event that you did. Yeah,
2: the fundraising is a big thing. Obviously, to bring the the funds of course, in. Course, yeah. Um, especially during COVID, that that all stopped. Um, so we've got to get back on track with that. We've got a, a fundraising, a virtual running event, second um, and third of July. That details will be on all, all our social media, and encourage mm. anyone to sort of have a look at that and sign up to help us raise funds.
1: Yeah, that's a great way as well. People can get involved with the service yeah. if they're not feeling they need to access support as such, but the service speaks to them. Yeah. Um, that's another great way they can, you yeah. know, they can kind of link in with yourself. So definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely check them out. And just,
0: and just a, one other thing for. I know you said sometimes people might not want to, but is there a phone number people can ring if they need to?
2: Yeah, yeah. If our number is oh one five one four five nine four double seven nine.
0: And is that Monday to Friday nine to five or?
2: Yeah, I mean it's generally sort of Monday to Friday, Monday to Friday nine to five. Um, but they can leave leave a message there. We'd encourage people to 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 phone as well. That's great. Thank you.
0: Is there anything else that you wanted to mention about? love Judgement and charity or anything else if there's something that anything we've we've missed out because i think again we could probably have you on again and do another full episode <laughs> um, we've gone over the time that we probably had uh, 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 said so thanks for sort of staying and sort kathy's charging us over time <laughs> now we're <laughs> definitely into overtime. time <laughs> um, but yeah is there anything else that you feel that you need to say or you want you want to say that we've not covered
2: yeah, and just encourage people to sort of check us out on social media and just have a look at what we do. And, I mean, it is, for me, um, there's a lot of education needed on grief in general, mm-hmm. grief education. Definitely. Um, and I'd encourage people to sort of, professionals, to sort of look into that as well and to co- contact us for any advice as well mm-hmm. or information. Um And that the loss of a child is, you know... People should not be expected to sort of get on with it by themselves, mm-hmm. mm. um, for, and for families to sort of um, to, to contact us yeah. and find out about our services.
0: Definitely, and hopefully, people that are listening will sort of you know if it, anything resonates that we've spoken yeah. about today, will you know know about this service because, like we said, the, the whole idea of this series of podcasts is to showcase some services yes. that are, are are in sort of locally to us. Um, I only found out about Love Jasmine over the last couple of months
2: yeah.
0: um, but obviously he's been around for you know a few years yeah. now so hopefully you know more people will, will find out about the service and and access it yeah mm. just, I just go on. I, I, sorry i was just
1: going to say but as
0: well just on that
1: point i think a big thing that's come you know come up a few times today is there is no um wrong type of person or age of person age yeah. of parent there is no such thing as you know this support doesn't apply to you it's no. a, am I understanding that right exactly.
2: yeah
1: it really is uh, and as I say when we were chatting earlier on, that's something that really hit me is adult children yeah you know the loss yeah. of an adult child and we, we I guess the stereotypical image with the loss of a child is it's a minor shall we say Yeah. it's a, it's a child child but actually adult people who've lost cho- their children their child. Who was of adult age? Yeah, it's, it's it's it's. still a
0: huge thing, you know. That's still a traumatic. Yeah, thing. well, I think you said it before, um, Cathy. You know It's it's not the natural order of things, yeah. and even in the natural that's order exactly of it. things, yeah. a loss is still devastating. It's you know re- you know it's difficult, mm. but when it feels like it's not in the natural order, then there's a lot more that can can come exactly, with. with yeah. that. So I think, you know, that service is a really good service that you offer and obviously that's why we wanted to get you on to sort of uh, be able to showcase that so thank you for sharing everything that you did and sort of you know coming on and talking about about love jasmine at times like a really really much needed service
2: no, thank yeah. you for giving me this platform to do that yeah you're welcome oh you're very
0: welcome thanks for thanks for
1: being so honest as well and so you know so real with us today it really has been in a, You used the word honour at the beginning of the episode, it really, believe me, it's been our our privilege, our honour today to have
0: you in. Um, Just one more thing, that we've introduced you to the podcast. Mm -hmm. The last two series, um, even though I thought it was three series, so I don't know what I must have dreamt about. Unless you've been cheating on me, podcast cheating. (laughs) I must have dreamt about the series that I've done, but anyway. (laughs) uh, We were getting guests to give us homework, but sometimes we weren't very good at completing the homework. So what we've decided to do for this series is ask our guests if they have a favourite quote, an inspirational quote or a saying or a piece of advice that they were given or just something, yeah, something that they can sort of offer to ourselves and and the listeners. So uh, so I hope we haven't put you on the spot, but...
2: No, I think um, something that, that resonated with me when I've been looking about, I've done a lot of reading and, you know, on trauma and what happened to me. Was a trauma, and um, there's a, a quote from um, Gabor Mate, who's a leading expert mm-hmm. on trauma, and, and Gabor says that trauma is not what happens to you; it's what happens inside of you, mm-hmm. um, as a result of what happened to you. And you know that that's it. To me, you know, a devastation devastating events can happen. Mm-hmm. But it's what happens within you after that event. Mm-hmm. If you receive the right support, um, you know, it, it can totally transform, you know, how you deal with that. Yeah. It's not going to fix it or make it better, it can't, mm-hmm. but you know, without that support, you're just left with that trauma Yeah, and it's just inside you and it'll stay inside you. So, that really resonates with mm. me yeah definitely I've done a yeah. lot of listening to, to him speak
0: it's a good way to put it so thank mm. you for that thank you And thank you for coming on
2: thanks, thank babe.
0: you that's a wrap nice to see you again yeah, thank you. that's a wrap yeah good thanks for that oh thank you <laughs> oh that was yeah. fantastic thank you, heard you heard just of of I know I know, know. thank